welcome everyone to this episode of The Green Room, the podcast brought to you by the Newtown Players. I'm your host, Stacey Oosterink, and I have to tell you, I have been waiting to do this episode for what feels like forever. Um, but we've got three alumni from Newtown, from local theater in Southern Maryland, who are now out in the big wide world doing big bad things in the professional theater realm. Um, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves because they could do a better job than me. We're going to work our way East Coast then Midwest, then West Coast. And um, all right, guest number one, introduce yourself. What's going on, party people? My name is Jeremy Keith Hunter. I'm the dopest, the freshest, the absolute magnificent, most most high. Um, I'm on the East Coast, as, as, as Stacy said. Um, I'm in DC. Um, I'm an uh, equity actor now. <laughs> Keith, equity actor, baby. Um, but I'm also a uh, playwright as well as a graphic designer, um, which is how I've been uh, living through the pandemic. So I'll let you boil. Um, so Jeremy has done a number of things with Newtown, um, but his link to me personally, I mean, besides me being just this big old fan, um, is that he was my award-winning sound designer for Little Shop of Horrors when we did that at Newtown a couple of years ago. So Thanks. that was awesome. Uh, All right. Yeah. It was a good time. It was. Uh, we, that was before before NTP upgraded to their new system, you know what I mean, that's, that's seamless and streamlined. You know, back then I was using the old the old analog board, you know what I'm saying, with the, with the Windows XP. That was back in the day. I ain't ready for that. It, it was back in the day. All right, now we are going to migrate to the Midwest. And I don't know how in the world Tennessee is containing all of this fabulousness. But uh, guest number two, step up to the mic and introduce yourself. Why, hello, everyone. My name is Kenneth L. Waters Jr. And I'm the most fabulous person on this podcast right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, now that I got my game moment out the way. All right, um, I am currently the production stage manager for Roxy Regional Theater in Clarksville, Tennessee, where I'm also an educator, the sound designer, and projection designer. And as of, I guess, last week now, since I officially signed the contract, um, I am the projection designer, and I will be I will be making my stage debut in the color purple next summer. So yay. Um, as Stacy said about Jeremy, how, how they met, um, I've met Stacy literally almost a decade ago, <laughs> probably a little bit more now, in, in yeah. Port Tobacco Players production of um, Noises Off. And then from there, we just kicked it off. Um, she was also the person who made my dreams come true by casting me as Audrey Two in Newtown Players production of Little Shop of Horrors, where I had the award-winning song shared with another guest on this podcast um, for Feed Me. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was a fantastic show. And now that we're so now we're gonna move out to the West Coast to our third Little Shop alumnus. And our NTP alum, step on up, take take this. I mean, you got a big, you got big shoes to fill, by the way. I do, but I'm ahead <laughs> because I was on time. But we are honored by Jeremy's lateness. <laughs> My name is Zeke Alton. I am a SAG after actor and voice actor living and working in Los Angeles now. Um, I met everybody on the podcast when I was a test pilot in the Navy. Um, I joined the Newtown Players when I was a, um, a naval officer, a commander working at VX-20 uh, a couple of years ago and got my career started doing community theater. Um, I have since retired from the Navy, moved out to the West Coast, and now I work uh, as an on-camera actor and a voice actor. Yeah, and so um, Zeke was was which was your what was your first show with Newtown was my it Little Shop oh my oh my very first show was Arsenic and Old Lace I played one of the bumbling um oh, yes in that yeah that was a lot so was you, my, were, you were my into acting after 25 years of just being a regular military dude 
well, there was nothing, there's nothing regular about this crew, let me tell you. So um, I, this is one of those days that I wish that our podcast was video enabled. So I'm gonna have to talk to my producer about that because, you know, it's nice to be surrounded by three gorgeous men. Um, the Marine Corps has nothing on me right now. They may be looking for a few good men, but I have them right here. Um, so yeah, so I, I know all of you from Newtown, but let's talk a little bit about your start in theater um, and how you grew from, I, mean, I don't know, was it a hobby? Did you do it in school? Did you ever have an inkling? I mean, Zeke, you came to it kind of late, later in life, um, you know, when you realized, Oh, I'm just going to retire from this career and do this other switch. So jump in any of you. How do you, how do how did you, how'd you get your start and how'd you get to here? Okay. Um, well, I, I did, I grew up in England, so I grew up with Shakespeare. My mother was an English teacher. I went to English schools. I did a lot of theater when I was very, very small. Uh, I did one or two plays in high school and then I joined the Navy and for the next 20 years did not do anything. Um, and then one day while I was a test pilot out VIX 20, I got a wild hair and I decided that I was going to audition for some community theater. And that's when I got the role as one of the policemen in uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. And that's when I also realized that community theater is desperately short of 20 to 35 year old dudes. Um, and I just happened to be a well, 35 year old dude. So I was right at the top there. But, uh, <laughs> but still enough to, to get in under the line and, uh, and found that I was okay at it and more importantly, really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so at that point, uh, I knew I wasn't going to be flying airplanes forever. I made a five-year plan uh, to transition my life from being a military officer into being a professional working actor. And that's what I am now. With a lot that's of awesome. from a lot of people, including all the people I see on my screen here. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, how about you? Because I, if I remember correctly, you, your first role at Newtown, I mean, they actually called you in, right? It was like, look, yeah. we need this to happen. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> okay, so for me, I, um, I had done, um, I didn't grow up with theater like Zeke, unfortunately. Um, I didn't discover theater until uh, my last year of high school um, because I needed a credit to graduate. And um, <laughs> and was literally looking at anything, but um, I did uh, Beauty and the Beast at McDonough High School, and uh, got bit by the theater bug really, really hard. Um, and then uh, when once I graduated, um, I went into the workforce. Um, and after spending like uh, I want to say maybe like two or three years um, as a government contractor doing graphic design, um, a friend of mine named John Pruitt and his hot girlfriend, Gina, at the time, um, asked if I could come help out at PTP. And I'm thinking it's tech related, you know, oh yeah, I've done a show back in high school. I could, I can, of course I can help. Um, lo, lo and behold, I go to PTP. Um, I ended up getting an acting role as an Aggie for Best Little Whorehouse in Texas which led to me developing a relationship with some of the community folks there, which led to me driving down to NTP uh, to do rumors, um, which is where I met all my friends at NTP. And the green room, which was still green at the time when I was doing the show. So uh, that's how I got started. Um, and the experience at NTP, the experience at PTP led me to study for it at uh, the College of Southern Maryland. Um, with Kenny, um, where I was able to take those raw skills and refine them. Um, and then from CSM, I started doing small shows in DC, here and there, uh, Capital Fringe, small pieces, which led to me becoming an equity actor and me doing shows at Everyman and Arena and Studio and out in Utah and California and all those good things. So. Um, yeah, if it hadn't have been for the skills I developed in the community theater, I wouldn't be here now. Did y'all yeah. hear that? Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's you, like you, a bus a, a right nearby me, so like, I hope that came through. It's probably a tour bus, and the, the driver's like, and right there is the famous equity actor, Jeremy Hunter. They are taking photos. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to blow up the, you know what I mean? Blow up my head anymore, but they are taking photos. It's a common thing. 
It happened. Gross. <laughs> so gross. Oh, Lord. All right, Kenny. Um, <laughs> started from, and now you're here. So let's let's fill in all the blanks. Well, like everyone else on here, um, so I was always a techie in 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 high school, um, with a with a lot of people who are PTPers right now, and even some people who are actually equity actors. Oh my God, now that I remember. Um, so really quick, really quick, Natasha Rothwell, who is now who is in Insecure, was one of my high school. Um, theater buddies, which is kind of hilarious. But anyway, um, I started at CSM back in 2001, just because I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm fresh out of high school. Um, I got to go to college because that's what they told me to do. And I'm just going to go and possibly do some theater and see what happens. Um, went to, <laughs> went to school for theater, ended up changing my major to computer science. Ended up dropping out, joining the workforce for almost 15 years. And from there, like I was doing random shows at CSM or Port Tobacco or Ten Talent or Hard Bargain. And a friend of mine called me back in to do a show at, at CSM. And she was like, yeah, we're going to do a show for Capital Fringe and we need some, we need some talent. So you're going to audition. And that's when I met the incomparable Keith Height, who from there was like, why don't you have your four-year degree? And I'm like, uh, who are you and why are you in my life right now? And I mean, but he was right. He, he persuaded me to come back to school at the ripe old age of 30 <laughs> and go and pursue theater. And it was from there where I graduated from College of Southern Maryland with, I want to say five degrees. Yes, five degrees. Five degrees, good <laughs> God. What's the matter with you? Yeah, Jesus. So I, I actually knew that about Kenny. Kenny has, I think, the distinction of having the, the quantity, the number of degrees is probably the most from Kenny, but they were all like, all at the College of Southern Maryland in all kinds of different things. Kenny, you just were taking a while to figure out what you wanted to do exactly. and who you wanted to be. And, and I said to myself, I'm like, if I am this far along removed from high school, I'm gonna see what classes I would need to take to get all these different degrees. Cause like, my, my final semester, I was very curious. And so I just looked at all of the degrees that were in, that were within my, um, I would say track. And I was like, oh yeah, I just need one class for this, two classes for this, one class for this. So my final semester of CSM, I took almost 24 credits. Keith Good looked God. at me like I had six heads. <laughs> Jeremy looked at me and was like, Madam President, are you sure? Madam, I'm Madam, like, I got this. <laughs> Madam um, Vice President. <laughs> so I ended um, my final semester of CSM with a 3.75, which accumulatively I, because of previous mistakes, I ended with a 3.0, which made me happy. Um, and I was going to go to a four year, which was North Carolina A&T, um, but I was $3,000 short. Mm. And it was during this time that I was doing a little shop of horrors. And mm. that's when Stacy was like, you know, you should, there's a teacher that's coming and you should talk to her. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, Stacy, I'm not trying to get my hopes up for another school just for it to, to fail again. Nah, I'm not about that life. So Stacy always tells the story better than I do. So Stacy, please take it over from there. <laughs> um, okay, so it, it's not, I mean, it's just the things fall together. So um, my daughter and Sean Scrubber, I had a number of people from Frostburg University who were also a part of Little Shop of Horrors. And they all sang in the, um, the chamber choirs and all of the musicians and the, um, the choir teacher and probably the, one of the most senior members of, of, of the fine arts staff um, who did not like the show Little Shop of Horrors said, I'm coming down to see the show I don't even like it, but I need to support my students. Um, and I said, okay, Karen, <laughs> okay. So uh, Karen Soderberg-Sardiker came down um, and she, she and at intermission, 
she, you know, I'm the director, so I get to see all the, I get to hear all the reactions and see all the reactions and just, you know, um, she grabs me and she goes, who is singing the voice of the plant? And I said, oh, that is Kenny Waters. And she said, what college is he in? And I said, well, that's an interesting story because I knew because of our relationship, I knew the deal. And she said, yeah, we need to fix that. So she ended up calling Mersey up at Frostburg and said, I have someone that is going to come to Frostburg and you have to have this guy and you got to make it happen and trust me on this. Um, he's, he's a talent. And um, so that's what he, she said, all right, look, she pulled me and Sean and Kylie and pulled us all together and said, look, you got to get him to Frostburg. We could, I, the theater department needs him. And so we, we worked Kenny over in our gentle way. And now you take up the, the rest of the story, Kenny, because, you know, you know it, the, the, how it got there. So right after that, I applied to Frostburg State University. I didn't tell anybody that I was doing this. So with the help of several people, um, I went to auditions. And the moment I walked into the room, Marysie looked at me and was like, you're the one that I was told about. And I was like, oh God, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Whatever bad thing is absolutely true. <laughs> and I made her giggle, which was great. Um, and so I did my audition and Usually they have they'll they'll email you if you got in or not. They were like, okay, so next semester when you come here, <laughs> um, you're gonna be taking these classes and you be doing. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So I got into the school, and they're like, oh yeah, you're already in. You, yeah, yeah. After your first song, you were already we we already wanted you for the department. And I was like, okay, cool. So I I still didn't tell anybody because I wanted to wait for financials. And when I got the final statement saying that um, there was a negative $3,000 balance, which means I was getting three grand back, I called up a friend of mine and said, hey, can you, can you look at this? And he looked at it. He was like, yeah, you're going to college, Kenny. And it was at that point where I unveiled and said I was going to Forest State, which I will finish off the story. I graduated summa cum laude um, with the 4.0, <laughs> which ended up being my sixth degree. So yay. <laughs> You've heard of six degrees from Kevin Bacon. We're just going to call it six degrees of Kenny Waters. And, and I do plan yeah, on getting at least two masters of... just to sort of balance things out. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I mean, good to be well-rounded. Um, <laughs> It, I just think it's a it's a lovely piece of serendipity that that amount that prevented you from going to North Carolina A and T was then you know was the same amount that was that Frostburg State saw to give back to you, um, which just means it was meant to happen. Yeah. I mean, my final semester there, um, I so ended up getting almost seven thousand dollars in scholarships. So I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> Right, cool, you did it. So Zeke, you're, I mean, you were flying airplanes and you made a five-year plan. Yeah. You seem like the only one who made a five-year plan, bro. Uh, I know a lot of actors now and most of them don't make a five-year plan. Most of them don't make a five-day plan. <laughs> um, but I'm a planner. I've been a planner my whole life and I don't like to do anything uh, off the cuff and I, you know, I am a parent, so I'm responsible for another life in this world. So I've got to have enough to take care of my son. Um, but I do like to tell this story. Um, I, was, I was doing uh, the Little Shop of Horrors show. I had to play a couple of characters, including puppeteering uh, for the plant, voiced by the amazing Kenny Waters. And uh, I was chatting one day after rehearsal with the sound designer, one cool dude named Jeremy Keith Hunter. Um, and he said, hey, man, you're doing all these different characters with all these different voices. You know, what about voiceover? You want to do a fan dub? And I was like, yeah, cool, man. What's a fan dub? 
And, um, and so we, we chopped it up and talked for a while and he schooled me uh, that a fan club is when you take your favorite cartoon or animated series and you put your own voices to it. And he wanted to do a fan dub of the legend of Korra. And I said, what's the legend of Korra? And uh, <laughs> let me know he how- He knew nothing. I mean, really, it's like, yeah, I'm he knew nothing. Up, whatever that is. Jeremy. He knew nothing. Jeremy. He knew absolutely nothing. He knew nothing. Jeremy gently, <laughs> gently apprised me of how cool I was not. And, uh, and so I set off on a journey of learning. And so I, I watched one episode of The Legend of Korra, which turned into watching an entire series, followed by the entire original Avatar series. And I was completely hooked and found out that voiceover was a thing. It was a job that people do that I had no idea about. And, um, and one day um, on one of my next shows at NTP, I was in the middle of a test flight on a, I can't remember if it was a P3 or a P8. Uh, we were spending millions of dollars an hour as we do in testing. And I was spending my time going through the lyrics for a funny thing happened on the way to the forum in my head instead of paying attention to my test cards while we we're flying around the sky at 300 miles an hour. And uh, that made me realize <laughs> that I should probably be doing something else with my life. Um, and so at, at that point, I went and had a conversation with my family and decided that, okay, I want to try a career as a performer. And I had five years left until I retired. So that's where the five-year plan comes in. It was like, okay, what do you need to do? What are the steps to when you walk away from from the military, you can actually be viable in this industry. Uh, it took many years of study, um, lots of work at NTP and learning from all the people there. I went to the conservatory at the Studio Theater in Washington, DC, and I learned there. Um, and I learned a lot, a lot, a lot about voiceover. Um, I'm a gamer, I've been a gamer my whole life. So my goal was I wanna work in union animated cartoons and AAA video games. Um, so I sort of started down that road. Um, that's a long story, but the end of that story is now living in Los Angeles. Um, I am in AAA video games. I'm in the Call of Duty franchise. I have 12 different characters in the Call of Duty franchise, which is more than any other actor. Um, I'm in a new game that came out called Ratchet and Clank, which is the best-selling game in the world right now. <laughs> and I'm finishing up a year of recording 26 episodes on a DreamWorks animated cartoon that will come out sometime this year. Um, so that's the journey. Um, and yeah, it all started with a, a realization followed by a five-year plan and a great deal of hard work and a great, a great deal of wonderful people that helped me along the way. Yeah, well, it's, you, have a, you have a similarity to Kenny's story in that the right people, you know, got put in your path, right? Yep. And it kind of cements the whole, aha, uh -huh, here's where I'm supposed to be. Yep. You know? Now, Jeremy, you were a contractor for the United States government. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, I did graphic design, pure graphic design, just straight graphic design. And um, the, the, at the time, you know, um, keep in mind, I'm, I'm barely into my 20s, I want to say at this time. You know, I'm making all kinds of bad decisions. Um, and... Uh, you know, just really didn't have any concept of like bills and like life and like responsibility on any type of level. So like, you know, I'm tricking off all of this good income that's coming in. And then sure enough, you know, uh, yeah, started doing community theater. Um, really wish I would have gone back and made a five-year plan, but um, started doing the community theater, was having a great time. Um, and then like Zeke, um, like Kenny, got called back to school to study this. And um, yeah, I just knew that I couldn't go back to, you know, every day doing the government contract thing, just, just couldn't go back to it. Um, studied, 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 hard work, hard work. Um, and if it weren't, if it wasn't for the connections I made as an actor, um, doing the the uh, community circuit, uh, community theater, and then the, the, the professional theater, I wouldn't be back doing graphic design now. Um, if it wasn't for the pandemic, you know, which caused everything to kind of shut down, um, I would probably still be, you know, booking gigs um, and, and uh, trying to keep the acting, the acting flowing. Um, when you're acting, uh, one of the things that's 
you 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 kind of miss out on is the stability that comes from um, having the years that Zeke has put in, you know, into the military. Um, and even Zeke walked out of the military with the five year plan of what he was going to do. Um, you know, uh, me, it's really been kind of like piecemealing it together as I go along. Um, and as an actor, you know, you, the, the main thing is getting the gig, booking the gig, getting the next job. Um, so, yeah, um, I feel like I've come full circle. Um, I started out at a, as a contractor doing graphic design. Now I work for a studio theater where Zeke trained um, as a multimedia designer. So um, full circle on that. Shouts to Zeke. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, theater theater got me here. It, it was more or less people love having me in the room because of the energy I bring to, to the office, um, which comes from my theater. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope I feel like that didn't answer the question, but it did answer the question. No, I don't know. It it did answer it did answer okay. the question. So so you have Zeke, who is the ultra planner, right? Yeah. And he's like, all right, I've got a five-year plan. I'm gonna work this, blah, 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 blah. You have yeah. Kenny, who's decided he's just gonna learn every flipping thing and let the cards fall where they may, and fate kind of steps <laughs> in and you know, taps him on the head. And yeah. then you've got you who basically just kept trying. Until yeah. it worked out. Until right? it worked out. So, yeah, exactly. So let's let's see. So we're just coming out of the pandemic. I mean, Newtown is getting ready to finally put on a, a live show, which we're super pumped about. Um, right? Everybody's excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we had the pandemic and the industry was shut down. So what did you do? Did you go, oh word I can't say and keep it PG 13? Um you know what? How did you? How did you? How did you handle that? How did you handle the? Yeah, good. So glad you got to to find your place in your magical career. And um, yeah, it's gone. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was the that was the initial reaction. Um, like I went from being booked until 2022 to having no work at all. Um, I had two job, two gigs lined up at um, one at Everyman. I had another one at um, a Roundhouse. Those went away. Um, I had one at First Stage. That went away. For me, I was very, very, very fortunate to have started my graphic design back up right as the pandemic got started. Um, I was work. I am and have been working at uh, Studio Theater uh, full time. And uh, my theater was going to be in the evenings. So, like, that was my plan. Um, but, you know, when that went away, I literally had nothing but studio to roll back on. And I quickly realized that even during a pandemic, people need to sell things. People need to design things. People need graphics um, for all sorts of things. The government needs graphics. Um, uh, 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 corporate industries need graphics. So in working for studio, I started my freelance business back up um, and uh, was initially just doing uh, theater related graphics. I did uh, show posters. I did um, email headers. I did all sorts of theater related graphics before actually venturing out and started doing more uh, corporate graphics again. So same, same essential materials just for a different um, different uh, entity, and um, just between us, you know, the money is not that bad once you get back to the corporate rent. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Even them checks been looking nice. You hear me? Do you hear me? Them checks is nice. I know we all complain about good. the military industrial complex, but it has been good to me if you hear what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, since the pandemic started, I have been back doing graphic work so um which again full circle but um i have been doing independent theater projects that i am invested in that i want to contribute to and i feel like me as an equity actor i have now the ability to pick and choose what type of projects i want to be a part of which is really nice 
Yeah, that's awesome. And so hopefully we're going to see you on a stage somewhere real soon. God willing. Yeah. God willing. Kenny, (laughs) your life came to a screeching halt. I mean, you've gotten a full-time gig at the Roxy. Things are great. And then... I remember, I remember t- texting with you with, you were like, no, we're still doing shows. And then like a day later, yeah, that was our last show. Which is, it, okay. So it was funny because I moved to Tennessee, January, 2020. I literally did two shows here working on the third before we shut down. We shut down on opening night <laughs> of, the, of the show. We had a rehearsal that morning. And we were like, all right, so the world's burning around us. So we might end up having to shut down. We don't know yet. If we do, it's going to be for like two weeks. Two weeks turned into seven months. Seven. <laughs> um, we, we did not do any live performances, um, but we did start back up our School for the Arts because we are also a school here as well. And... We decided to expand our, our, our program instead of just being, you know, 50 kids in one place and we all just do a show. We decided to ha- actually give individualized classes. And that went over very, very well. And it, it went over so well that that's, that's what we're gonna continue doing it as. Um, but to offset the performance part of it, we've been doing um, what is called Facebook Live Roxy Reads. Where mm. it's us reading a script and we live stream it on our Facebook page, which is Roxy Regional Theater. You can look us up on Facebook. We also have a website. Um, yes. <laughs> and we also have been doing week, well, we haven't this month because I went on vacation, but um, we've been doing um, Facebook Live book readings where our executive director would read books to people. And it, it introduced me to a lot of books that I didn't know. And it, it, it was a nice thing for the children. Um, also, on a side note, beside the Roxy Regional Theater, during the pandemic, um, I was missing Pride. And me and several friends decided to create an online <laughs> virtual production. And we called ourselves We Three Queens Productions. Um, we are now working on our fourth production, which is kind of insane because we started it last year with like, okay, let's just see how things go out. And we discovered that there's a lot of information that the LGBTQIA plus community just do not know. So we decided to inform, educate, and entertain. <laughs> right on. Yeah, yeah. So, so Zeke, you're the one that you, I mean, was there a little part of you that when the pandemic hit and you heard that everybody was going to be inside and they're going to be, everything was going to be streaming and playing video games. Was there a little part of you that went, yes, I have arrived. This is my moment. It's uh, Not in that way. I did go. Yes. Because all it turned into to me was one extended deployment. Um, mm. Military deployments to, to Afghanistan and, and Djibouti and all kinds of places that are not really friendly to us. Um, it was like being on deployment, but I was in my own house. I had my own food. Uh, no one was trying to shoot at me. There were no uh, camel spiders. Uh, you know, all, all of those things. Wait, 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 wait. What? Camel what? <laughs> camel spiders. <laughs> they have in Afghanistan that like the shade, so they follow you in your shadow. Um, oh, no. No, honey. No, no, no. And again, I was stuck on deployment basically in my house 24-7, eat, sleep, go to the gym and work, but there was none of that awful stuff around. So in that Mm. respect, it was good. Now I had just, um, I had been doing a lot of student films when I first got out of here at the American Film Institute. And I had just booked my first co-star on an ABC pilot right when the pandemic hit. I ended up getting to shoot that, but um, I'd also booked a supporting role in a film um, with Riz Ahmed and Octavia Spencer which then subsequently after COVID crushed the budget, my part got cut. Um, no. so, and then all the stuff stopped in Hollywood for on camera, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that went on for several months. So my on-camera career stopped. 
Um, but my voice acting career, after a couple of weeks and everybody realizing, wait, we're all going to be at home. Hey, wait, we all work in isolation booths anyway. Mm -hmm. Those of us that have home studios, because I do promo, which has always been a home studio uh, voice acting job. We can just transition to do animation from your house or video games from your house. We, we even do anime and live action dubbing to picture from home. Mm. Uh, so I had just booked my first job doing voices for Call of Duty. Uh, that led my VO career to take off. And there was a point over last year where I was working on eight AAA video games, a cartoon nice. series, a couple of cartoon pilots. Um, I've been working on commercials. I'm the voice of Mercedes-Benz Vans. Um, I'm also the voice of Nickelodeon News. Um, nice. And I've been working on doing promos for everything from the NBA on TNT to CNN to Nickelodeon uh, cartoon shows. And then on top of that, some anime, some live action dubs, some podcasts, some looping, some radio imaging, some audiobooks. There's just a whole world out there of stuff that didn't stop because of the pandemic and, mm -hmm. and really took off because now you had a lot of on-camera actors with nothing to do and and um, and they were like, well, let's start some scripted dramatic podcasts. Uh, let's mm. get folks in video games. And all of those industries were like, okay, the money's now coming to us. Let's start making the content. And I just put my hand up and said, I, I would like to play as well. Yes, absolutely. That's right. So you guys kind of, you've all, three of you have kind of run the gamut again, you know, in the, in the whole, how the pandemic affected you. Um, absolutely. so, but now things are cranked back up and everybody's busy and um, life is returning to normal. And, you know, we're going to get to see some, see some performances across the country. All right. So I don't know if you guys got to hear it, but a couple of weeks ago, we did a, um, we did a two-part series with some of our graduates, um, college age. We had a couple of college graduates. Um, a couple of folks who were um, in college and then one young lady who was entering college. So I want to know what's your best piece of advice to give to the people, to give to the young people who are, <laughs> Zeke's got his hand up. All right, Zeke, go. Best piece of advice to give to people who are thinking, young people, I may want to do this for a career. I have mountains of advice, but if you're asking me for my best, <laughs> understand that performing is a profession. If a person walks up to you and says, I want to be the pilot for your airplane, or I want to be your heart surgeon today, you automatically assume that they went to school for that, that they practiced at it, that they were mentored at it, that they worked and understood the mediums and that they got good at it. And someone certified them to do that. Lots of people wake up in the morning and go, I'm an actor. And that's great. There are some people, very few, who are just naturally talented. But even if you are, you want to be a performer, treat it like a profession, learn it, be certified, always get better, be continually working and building a network within it. That's the only way to have success. It takes yeah. 10 years to make an overnight success in this business. Yeah. And the only way you do that is by approaching it as a profession. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, you keep nodding. So how about you? What's your number one piece of advice? And it can't uh, be the same as Zeke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got, <laughs> I would say um, be humble and... Um, try everything um there's nothing worse than being in a room with somebody who feels that they're too good to be there um uh who has an attitude who's disagree disagreeable who isn't fun to work with humble yourself you have so much to learn um so much to 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 fail at um and you're going to fail you're going to fail at certain things so just be humble um be willing and open to try anything. Um, and, and I can't emphasize that enough for actors who, uh, because I was an actor who didn't want to do tech. I didn't want to do anything tech related. Nothing. I didn't want to do none of that when I first started out. But sure enough, um, when I first got into DC, I, I wasn't acting. I was doing tech. Work. I was uh, uh, behind the scenes. I was up in the, uh, in the, in the fly. Uh, I was doing lights. I was doing sound. Stacy, you know, I was doing sound. Um, I was doing anything I do. to put. Yeah, 
I was doing anything to put myself in the position to where I could act. And then once I got in the room, I was humble as fuck because there was somebody there who was better than me. And that was the that was the one F bomb. I used I got you. We're still okay. PG-13. All right. All right. All right. All right. We okay. All right. All right. We're good. Uh, <laughs> but I was humble. I was willing to work, work my butt off and do anything to get in that room. And that's what's going to get you there. Humility, know that you aren't the biggest fish in the room and be willing to do something outside of the box to get you where you need to be. All right. Awesome. All right, Kenny, you have the hardest job because you got to come up with a piece of advice that isn't what these two have said. Oh, honey, I've been planning this moment for a while, so it is okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I'm going to expand on what Jeremy said as well as add something else. There is no such thing as a triple threat anymore. You no longer... No longer do you need to know how to sing, act, and dance. Oh, no, honey. You need to know how to sing, act, dance, and at least know three or four texts. That is the nature of the beast nowadays. Um, when I started off, like, just like Jeremy, I was like, oh, tech, what? Mm -mm. Stage management, what? Mm -mm. That's not for me, honey. And now I, I'm a stage manager, and now I do all forms of tech, except for light. I would not touch lighting. Lighting is the bane of my existence. No, sir. No, sir. Um, but I wish I did know lighting, because lighting designers are very, very few, and they make a lot of money. And literally all you do is you go in, program lights, and you leave. <laughs> Somebody else hit that go button. It is a beautiful thing. But <laughs> to all of you that are, out there, that are out there in college, I will say this, and I will say this until I am blue in the face. While you are in college, if you're not doing a show, if you're not in the show, you best to be backstage doing something else for that show because College is the one place where you can learn and mess up and nobody is going to judge you for it. Once you're out in there in that real world and you mess up, you are costing someone hundreds or thousands of dollars to have to fix it or to have to go back and redo it. So while you're in college, do the set, do the lighting, do the sound, do the set decoration, do the painting, do the props, do the costumes. Anything. There is no such thing as, oh, I'm not in the show, so I'm not going to do anything. No sirree, honey. You best to be doing something backstage. And if you're not called to be doing awesome. something backstage, go to someone and be like, hey, is there anything else that I can do? Because trust and believe they're not going to say no. <laughs> there is always something well, to be done on a set or for a show. And you may not know... You you might meet somebody who's really important. We were talking before we actually started recording and Zeke, you had something real interesting about where you do your acting. You know, there's a reason you, you, you have a specific place. You talked about the AFI, but tell that to, to young people now, you know, who might think, oh, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna work for Lin-Manuel Miranda. There's a lot of different pieces to that. And it really expands on what both, both Kenny and Jeremy said. Um, I, I, I'm all on board with the tech stuff. You got to know everyone's job because whether you're on stage, you need to know where the light is so that you can hit it. If you're doing voiceover, you need to know how to work the mic and what the sound engineer is doing so you don't blow out and, and peak the levels. Um, if you're on camera, you got to understand when they tell you what lens they're on, where your frame is. So you don't walk out of frame because if you're not in the frame, it doesn't matter how good your acting is. Nobody saw it. Um, you doing all that extra stuff and learning everybody else's job gets you in the room and art is made by people in the room. And so all these people out there doing Hamilton want to be in the room where it happens. That is exactly it. You need to be in the room where it happens. Now I started acting late. I'm in my forties. Um, a lot of people show up in LA and they want to work for Martin Scorsese. They want to work for Steven Spielberg. Well, you know what? Those guys already have their favorite actors. And the reason they use their favorite actors over and over again is because they know that guy's good, that guy or girl is good. They know they're going to be on time. They know exactly what they're going to get and they trust it because when you're spending a million dollars a minute, you don't want to take risks. Most movies and most productions lose money. So you want to go with the known quantity. Mm -hmm. If you're getting, if you're new into the industry, 
find your tribe. When I first got here, I went to the American Film Institute. Why? Because it's the number one film school in the world, like 10 or 12 years running. And most of the students that come out of there, it's a graduate program, go straight to work as directors or cinematographers at HBO or Warner Brothers or places like that. Mm -hmm. so I'm working with them over the last two years. I expect to work with them over the next 10 years. And as those young students move into the position where they are the brand new director of this HBO series or the brand new director of this ABC comedy, I'm one of the Martin Scorsese, Leo DiCaprio guys that go, yeah, we'll just bring him in for something. Yeah. You, it takes 10 years to make an overnight success. Build your tools, be professional, build your network. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. All right. We got to start wrapping up, unfortunately, because I could hang with you three fellas all the time. But let's go around the horn one more time and you know, plug where you're working and tell us where we could see or hear you. Um, and let's, let's do that. Kenny, start with you. Go ahead and plug where we could see you, where we could hear you, where you're working. Um, um, they're the people who, who loaned you to us. So. I am currently working at Roxy Regional Theater in Clarksville, Tennessee, which is about, I would say about 40 minutes away from Nashville. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever in Tennessee, come and see me. Um, you can see me on stage next year, but I also have a podcast called The Whole Note, where I review musicals with, with my random friends, and we just have a great old time. Um, I just did an episode with Stacy where we did Little Shop of Horrors, which was the longest episode <laughs> that I ever recorded. Um, so that's going to become a two-parter. Um, but yeah, um, you can. I'm on Spotify, YouTube, um, anywhere where you get your podcasts from. Um, but other than that, RoxyRegionalTheater.org. Check us out. All right, Zeke. Where? I mean. Call of Duty, Ratchet and Clank. The interesting thing about me is if you listen to things, you've heard me on the radio, on the TV. If you watch kids programming, if you watch sports programming, if you watch the news, you've probably already heard me and you don't know it. Um, but you will see me. Uh, like I said, I'm working on a bunch of video games coming out in video games that I can't talk about over the next two to three years. Um, hopefully you'll see me on a network TV show sometime soon. Um, usually I, uh, I announce characters as they come out on my Instagram, which is simply Zeke Alton. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Well, I mean, I'm now going to have to start watching. I mean, I was over the Nickelodeon years. Now I'm going to have to do it just for Nickelodeon news. Just so I can say, I know that guy. I know him. Jeremy, um, you got to get back on stage, my man. That's facts. That's facts. Um, I, uh, you guys can find me. I actually just finished shooting my first short film. Um, I want to say last week, um, and they're hoping to send to like send it to Sundance. Well, we'll see how that goes. But um, I, I, I don't know when the next time I'll be uh, on stage. I'm doing a small stage reading at the Anacostia Playhouse uh, next Friday. Um, and then after that, I'm probably going to be uh, just back to, to the grindstone. Um, yeah, I don't know when the next time you guys will be able to see me be for real, for real. But if you're fiending, and I know you are, um, I have an album out on Spotify, on Spotify called Gourmet. Um, type in Mercury, type in Gourmet, uh, put them uh, uh, in your Spotify. It's all about food. It's delicious. And that you can hear me on there. It is a great album. I love it. Awesome. All right, guys. Um, first off, thank you. Thank you so much. It's so awesome that we have folks who, you know, were, when they were little baby actors, started out at the Newtown Players, and now you guys are doing killer things. You're all just, you're amazing and wonderful and talented, and I'm just so, so grateful to be to be a part of your world. So um, thank you for joining us on the podcast and thank you for being, you know, the shining stars of the NTP alumni class. Um, and um, yeah. So, so, so Stacy, chicken, man. So Stacy, so Stacy, we, we get, <laughs> so this is on, this is on Zoom and I know Zoom works. 
and I know you're recording, so we get a copy of this, right? I just want to, I just want it for my record. I just want it for my record. <laughs> you want the, the 20 minutes of, that we talked before you showed up? Do you whoa, 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 whoa. First off, first off, first off, first off. Why are you bringing up stuff from like 530? That was like a whole hour and a half ago. We don't even need to. We don't even need to rehash that. We don't even need to rehash that. We only want the parts that's got me in it anyway. So let's just go ahead and get that out the way. Let's just go ahead and get that out the way, okay? Sweet. Oh, Stacey, God. we're going to get a copy of that, right? Gmail. You can, You know what? You can have the whole thing, even when I admitted to texting you with a, with a movie reference I wasn't sure you were going to get. So, okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, we'll spend yes. the whole day thing. And I'll make sure that you're tagged okay. um, when it comes out um, from, from the Newtown players. All right, I'm going to wrap this up by, again by saying thank you. I love all of you. I am a, I am a better person for having you three in my life, for sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, big love. Uh, the Green Room is created by the Newtown Players in Lexington Park, Maryland. Uh, it's hosted by me, Stacey Oosterink. Our producers are Kenny Faison and Stacey Park. Um, today's recording engineer doing the work of the Lord is our producer, Stacey Park. Um, our mixing engineer who gets to hear all of the stuff that doesn't make it into the podcast and laughs the whole time, I'm sure, is Tim Joyce. The theme music that you heard coming in was composed and performed by the incomparable Hunter Martin. You can find the Newtown Players on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All you got to do is search for Newtown Players. You can listen to The Green Room on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. And if you have an interesting idea for a future episode, please email us. It's podcast at newtownplayers.org. That's new town with an E on the end of town. Um, you can find us on the web at www.ntpshows.com. Thank you once again for joining us in the green room.